Welcome to And Then Some, a podcast from Solomon McCown and Company, where we discuss all things integrated communications. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Master Batista, and today I have the pleasure of sitting with Helene Solomon, CEO of Solomon McCown and Company. We'll be discussing how she got her start as a young woman in the PR business, how the industry has changed, and how she likes to unplug. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, we're here with Helene Solomon, CEO of Solomon McCown. Thank you for being on the podcast, your podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very and excited. And then some. And then some, and maybe and then some more. Maybe you could talk about the story of and then some and how we got that name. Yeah, that's a great starting point. Well, the fabulous team that designed our logo now 15 years ago put that ampersand at the end after Solomon McCown. And the intent there that it would always be Solomon McCown and more and others and clients and whatever we want it to be. So it gave us a creative foundation to build on. I love that. And now it's Solomon McCown and podcast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you become interested in communications? How did you get into this crazy field? Well, a little bit by default, because I was a tomboy growing up, and my aspiration was really to go to summer camp all year round. And I thought I would be a gym teacher, because that would be (laughs) a good way to be able to be at summer camp all year round. But alas... How all of our lives would be different if you had become a gym teacher. I know. I mean, I could have been anywhere. (laughs) I could have been out of the office a lot, which I'm lucky enough to be. But uh, I found out that you really needed to be good at science and math to get through undergraduate school. And I was always more of a word person. Mm -hmm. I was always more of a talker, loved movies, TV, reading. And I gravitated to communications in my salad days of undergraduate school at Boston University. So you went to school here in the city and then... What did you do right out of school? Well, right out of school, I was a bit lost. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I was lucky enough to have some internships. And one of those internships, actually during college, but back in New York, was at the American Museum of Natural History in New York, which was in the neighborhood I grew up in, the storied Upper West Side of Manhattan. Of Mrs. Mabel. Of Mrs. Maisel, absolutely. And um, I was in the PR department where they kept me busy with such fascinating projects as researching the history of dinosaurs to be, ans- to be able to answer letters to school students and the history of horses. You would be amazed how interesting <laughs> the history of horses is. I can only imagine. And I thought, gee, if this is communications and I get to read and I get to think and write and You know, back in those days, we'd go to the library and pull a book out, and that's how we did it. I thought that was kind of intriguing. I'm sure real estate is much more fascinating than horses. I think think it is. There may be some similarities there, but (laughs) none whatsoever, but I think it is. Speaking of which, what industry, and I know you work in real estate, healthcare, mission, nonprofit, corporate, Um, lots of different verticals. What do you find the most challenging for communications practitioners? Well, you know, it's, I always say that we work with clients who don't necessarily have breaking news Mm. every single day of the week. 
it is a lot easier to work with clients that are making news every day. But our clients are really the category leaders in real estate and in healthcare, and I would say also financial services and corporate. And we are strategically planning with them when we will have news and when we will prevent news. And I think that's the most challenging part and the most fun because it requires me to use those old research skills and the power of persuasion to work with our great staff and clients to convince uh, passionate CEOs that are single-minded about how great they are and how great their enterprises are to pick their shots and, and tell, their story. tell their story. So who inspires you? Well, I'm fresh back from vacation, and I have said to everyone that Michelle Obama read to me my entire <laughs> vacation because that's how long it took me to complete her fabulous autobiography, Becoming. Mm. And um, I am hugely inspired by her, more so after hearing her life story and how selective she was about what she did in the White House. But I would say always great leaders inspire me. And I've always been inspired in particular by female leaders that are trying to break through. Her book is uh, definitely top of my reading list. I'll have her read it to you. Yes, on Audible. Yeah. Who, um, so you were in, where were you on vacation? Well, I was in Mexico at a little fishing village that we love. Yes. Made famous in two movies. Can you name them? Um, no, I cannot. So if I give you the name of the fishing village, Zihuantaneo, does that help? It doesn't. Does Shawshank Redemption help? <laughs> you, don't, you don't watch movies. I'm, well, um, my I guess my movie uh, knowledge of Mexico locations is not where it should be. Did you see Roma? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's also top of my list because okay. we were watching the Academy Awards last night. And yeah. I'm like, okay, let's get a playlist going of all of these movies. Well, but I, I wanted her to win for lead actress. But. She's phenomenal, but... That is a neighborhood in Mexico City, actually. Okay. So you were in so Mexico City. Briefly, but we were in Zihuantaneo, which is our spot. And um, Shawshank Redemption, when Morgan Freeman was in prison with Tim Robbins, they dreamed of going, well, Tim Robbins dreamt of going to Zihuantaneo. And that is where Morgan Freeman was led to when he finally got out of prison, metaphorically. <laughs> What was the um, inspiration for going there on vacation? Well, truthfully, there was another movie that <laughs> showed this fabulous romantic hotel. And I'm married to a kind of quiet romantic who stayed to watch the credits to see where this incredible hotel was. And it was Zihuantaneo. That's And now we just keep amazing. going back. I know. Oh, how lucky. Bill. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Bill. Bill. Great. All right. So what is the biggest problem that you see organizations dealing with um, currently in terms of how to communicate with their audience? Yeah, I mean, very. here's a very simple, non-technical answer. Time. Mm -hmm. Time is the biggest challenge for everyone. Mm -hmm. And meeting people where they're at based on the technology they use and the run of their day. I mean, no one has a nine to five day anymore because of technology, 
but yet direct contact, even if it's direct phone contact, Mm -hmm. face-to-face is the best, but phone is second best, and even that's a big deal. How is it different from when you started in PR? Well, you know, when I started in PR, low those many years ago, I really started in politics. Ah, and I didn't know that. I yes, I ran for office. I don't want to say how many years ago, but let's just say it was well before the age of the woman in politics, and it was very novel as a young woman that I ran for city council in Boston. I think so, and I'm glad the times have finally caught up. But um, it certainly has taken decades for women to come of age in politics. And um, it's really an area that I continue to be dedicated to, fascinated in, and um, just delighted to see what's occurred in the current political environment. It was really uphill years ago, but I did it the old-fashioned way, direct mail, phone, and knocking on doors, and came very close Um, had some great things happen Mm -hmm. in that campaign that in many ways led to the formation of this business. First um, kindled my interest in public affairs, issues management, crisis communications, and all the areas that we work in. Even uh, the process of putting together clipbooks was different back in the day. Yes, it was. Scissors and whiteout (laughs) and glue sticks. Very different. So fun. How do you unplug now, you know, when you have a job that requires you to be on all the time? Well, it's good to be able to put the device away, watch some great television, and um, cook a great meal with my husband, who's a far better cook than I am. Plug for Blue Apron. We've come become <laughs> uh, Blue Apron Blue fans. Apron is not sponsoring this Yeah, it's segment. not sponsoring. Sorry. But, <laughs> but if you want to. <laughs> we're here for you. <laughs> But I I actually think the quality has been great, and it's been a lot of fun for me as a non-cook to be able to help. I think um, the biggest thing I did to help last night was line the baking sheets with aluminum foil. I then turned it over to him. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was a great contribution. It's a great, great way to unplug. All right, so I have a little bit of a lightning round of questions. Go for it. Okay, favorite place to travel? Well, besides Mexico, Italy. Italy. Nickname your parents used to call you. Well, this will surprise you. I don't know if you've heard this before. There were two nicknames. One is Lainey, um, before it was made famous on Seinfeld. And then it was also Lainey Lou. Lainey Lou. Don't ask me why. Oh, boy. Shouldn't have told me that. I don't confess that to too many, (laughs) but you're very good at getting information. That's awesome. What's your favorite thing uh, to Instagram that you take pictures of? Well, that would be travel and food. Goes goes right along with yeah. Italy and, and Mexico. Yep. Pirate or ninja? Oh, pirate. Pirate. Invisibility or super strength? You know, I wish more invisibility, but I guess I'll go super strength. Really? I think so. Okay. You said the same thing as Ashley. You I did. Are, yep. Ah, we're You're usually both. both opposite. I know. And complimentary. So super superheroes. Oh, we try. Texting or talking? Always talking. Dogs or cats? Cats. Or neither? Cats, not now. (laughs) I was allergic, but I I will boast that I had a cat that lived to 18. And at the time of his sad passing was on every medication that my grandma Molly was on. Oh. Oh, and then finally, Uh, this is a tough one, Boston or your hometown, New York? You know, it's it's like if you had two children and you had to choose. I can't (laughs) choose. I love them both. 
for what's great about both of them. Fair weather fan on sports fans, sports teams, but I love them both. I love New York for its diversity, its energy, uh, great way that elderly people are treated in New York, being the daughter of very elderly parents in New York. Boston's very young, to Boston's credit. Um, Boston is having a renaissance, and I think that's great for the city. Um, So it's all good. Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Thank you for spending a few minutes so that we could get to know you a little better. Thank you, Michelle. And uh, we look forward to having you on the And Then Some podcast again soon. I'm here for you. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you.